You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from Ad Force. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fan Side, where we are counting down the days until the Miami Dolphins play the New England Patriots. Always an interesting matchup here in the AFC East. We have a special guest with us here tonight to talk about these matchups with the Patriots. That's uh, Derek Havens from uh, PatsFans.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Patriots Haven. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on iTunes on the fin side. So there are a lot of ways to be able to reach us. You can also send us a message with the hashtag fin side Q that's F I N S I D E Q. Derek, thanks again for joining us here tonight. Um, how's it going up there? Doing pretty well guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So first of all, um, would you like to have a long lengthy discussion about the flake gate before we get started? <laughs> no, I, in fact, I, I, all I'll say about it is I think it was the biggest farce in NFL history, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. But it doesn't seem like that, that affected the New England Patriots very much last week. Going down to Arizona, a game that the, that the Cardinals were favored in by six and a half points, the Patriots come away with a 23-21 victory to start off 1-0, and and the only team in the division, 1-0. and uh, So how would you summarize, Derek, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's first game with the Patriots? All in all, I thought it was a pretty good performance. You know, we've seen him really progress a little bit each time we've seen him despite being limited action obviously this was a really tough spot for the team and specifically Garoppolo as far as the team goes I actually picked against them I thought they would lose this game obviously growing up against one of the better fantasy opponents team that they're not very familiar with a pretty hostile environment going shorthanded losing both of your top two players on the team with Tom Brady suspended and Rob Gronkowski injured so with those two guys out, it looked like really an uphill battle, uh, not to mention the offensive line woes. It's clearly the Achilles heel of this Patriots team. All in all, with those factors considered, I think you have to give Garoppolo a pretty high grade. There are a couple of different plays that I thought really signal, kind of showed uh, his progression as a quarterback, one being the Chris Hogan touchdown early in the game, uh, and then the other one being the Danny Mandola third to 15 pass midway through the fourth quarter. I thought, on both sides of those, you saw him make really decisions and throws that I think make me feel optimistic about his future as a starting quarterback in the league. 
I was very impressed too. You know, he looked like he belonged. No doubt about that. So we touched on a couple of things there. Let's let's go to the offensive line because that that seems to be where the biggest matchup is going to be. Um, at left tackle, the the Patriots usually have Nate Solder. He missed this game with an injury. My understanding is Cameron Fleming, a backup, went up against Chandler Jones, who the Patriots traded to the Cardinals in the offseason. And at the right tackle spot, yet if you have Anthony Cannon, as well as some uncertainty in the middle of the line um, with, with Joe Tooney, with, with David Andrews, and with Eric Karras. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but overall, summarize for me the, the offensive line and um, especially those tackle positions too. Should we expect to see Fleming and Cannon out there or should we expect to see Nate Solder back at left tackle to go against Mario Williams? I would expect right now to have both the tackles that you saw last week back in the starting lineup again. I'm not really sure where Nate Solder is health-wise. It, it, it's frustrating uh, for me uh, as, as a guy who's observing. I'll say I, I you know, uh, root for the team, but I see this offense with all this potential, and this offensive line, like I mentioned a second ago, really a huge question mark. And it was a question mark going into the offseason. The team didn't really seem to address it. Belichick really did throw a bunch of assets on the um, tackle position like I thought he might. Really, he actually brought in a couple of uh, you know, more young guard prospects. And it was an interesting offseason from that standpoint. Like, like you mentioned, it's, it's kind of a work in progress all along the front. You have Dante Stranecchia, a, a terrific positional coach, one with over 30 years of experience in the league. You know, he is really a leader for those group of guys. Fleming, to me, is a huge question mark because um, at the left tackle position, really both tackle positions, your footwork has to be very good, very quick, give very slow feet. It's something that I thought Chandler Jones was going to expose more in week one. He really wasn't able to do too much. But you have Joe Tooney, their rookie guard at left guard. I, I really like what I've seen from him so far. He was probably their best player. David Andrews, the center, second-year guy who I don't believe – is a weak link by any means, but I also don't think he's good enough to carry the guys around him, if that makes sense. So when you sandwich him with two rookies like uh, Ted Karras and Joe Tooney, I, I think his play kind of suffered from that. Karras was was okay, not bad for his first start. And Marcus Fleming has really been up and down. Uh, for his salary, a lot of Patriots fans and analysts thought he would be let go. He's kept around. And now you're looking at that offensive line and wondering, will they be able to hold it together throughout the season because if they are, it, it certainly looks like this team has championship caliber aspirations and talent, but they might only go as far as the line takes them. Yeah, it really always seems like the Patriots' offensive line, they can always manufacture uh, a very good unit, and it doesn't seem like they spend very high draft picks. You look at last year with uh, Shaq Mason in the fourth round and then Trey Jackson in the fourth round. Then this year, Joe Tooney in the sixth, uh, uh, Karras in the sixth. It's really interesting uh, that, that the Patriots always manufacture these units, and that's really where the matchup is going up against the Dolphins' defensive line featuring William Sue, Jordan Phillips, uh, and Cameron Wake. Definitely a matchup to watch out for. Going back to the wide receiver position, it's just interesting with with Chris Hogan. Here in uh, 2012 uh, on Hard Knocks, he was uh, given the nickname 7-Eleven because he was always open. Um, and then the Dolphins and Joe Philbin, for some reason, did not feel that he was worthy of a roster spot. Marlon Moore and Roberto Wallace got that instead, which is a joke in itself. But 
Um, so Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan really seems to, to be three really good route runners that the Patriots love cut from the same cloth. Do you view this as a strength on your team right now? Yeah, those three guys are definitely players, like you said, strong route runners, uh, tough, usually pretty good hands. Hogan had a little bit of uh, some drop issues in training camp. Was, didn't seem to be an issue week one. He looks like he's been really ingratiated in this offense pretty well, and seems like he's on the same page as Jimmy Garoppolo. The tough thing about being a defensive coordinator facing the team is, is they are pretty deep at that position, and once you have Gronkowski and Bennett out there at tight end position, you know, you're going to focus on them and Julian Edelman first. That's where Damian Adola and Chris Hogan can really do some damage because they're facing one-on-one coverage against you know, third and fourth defensive backs, and they can usually, you know, take advantage of those matchups. And I expect Hogan, like last week, to have a pretty good week this week as well. I, I do believe that we'll see the Dolphins kind of key in on Edelman if Gronkowski plays, which if you you may be making a decision on that right now, I would lean no. And uh, and we'll see what kind of role Bennett is. You know, last week Bennett was primarily abuse as a of Walker, and he and he flourished in that role. But I wonder how long he'll be asked to do that and if they'll maybe change the game plan because they usually are week to week. Maybe he'll be in more of a pass-catching role this one. What is the latest on uh, Rob Gronkowski? Uh, do, you, do you envision him playing this game? If I, if, I, if I had to make a decision right now, I would say no. Uh, it was a hamstring injury. It was, uh, a, you know, initially it still is. But then it was reported he had some bruising. I, I've had pretty bad hamstring injuries where my whole leg's been bruised before. You know, it, it, I don't know the severity. The question really is, if he misses this week, you know, does he miss week three because they're playing Thursday night? So if you do, if he does miss this game, how much extra is three days rest save him for week three? I, it, it feels more and more like he's going to miss the first three weeks of the season. He'll miss this week. He'll miss next the following week against the Texans. And that way he'll have a pretty big cushion before their week four matchup, you know, at Gillette against Buffalo Bills. So, I, I am leaning towards him missing this week again. I think with the with the Rob's camp and the Patriots team medical staff, they all want to be on the same page. They want to make sure he's a full go. Obviously, not to say this game is not important because it is. It's a division. It's a division matchup. But you would rather have him there at the end of the season into the playoffs than really with risk re-aggravating something I mean, as touchy as a hamstring issue in week two of the NFL season. Gronk uh, definitely is a is a big uh, piece of that New England pie, and uh, yeah, those those hammy issues. I, I hear you, and I I pulled some hammies too. I'm a bowler, so uh, you know, real sport uh, that 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 requires some <laughs> hamstring issues sometimes. Now, uh, but yeah, it's it, you know kind of the same thing with the Dolphins and Devontae Parker. He's got a hammy issue. You know, is it something that's going to you know firm up? In the next couple of days, is it going to be a couple of weeks? And do you really want to risk it by having them out there? We are joined by Derek Havens here on the fence side, talking about the New England Patriots-Miami Dolphins matchup. Uh, Derek, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, not the pass rushers that you had last year uh, at this time. Rob Nankovich is suspended for four games, and uh, Chandler Jones in the offseason was traded to the Arizona Cardinals, the team he just played. So you've got Chris Long and Jabal Sheard and Trey Flowers at that defensive end spot. Uh, have you lost a little bit in the pass rush department, and is that a concern right now? It's a little bit of a concern, but honestly, this defense is you know very multiple, very dynamic, very versatile. They're they're pretty deep overall. What what they might not have in traditional edge rushers, I think they have a lot of depth at other positions. They can mix and match. I mean, they'll throw in a three four, a four three, a five two, 
They can mix along their fronts. It will give them more flexibility once they have Rob Nikovich back from his four-game suspension. Uh, he was already dealing with the triceps injury, so he'll be back healthy and rested, and he'll be able to come in and, and throw in that group a little bit. Trey Flowers is the name you mentioned, who I think is going to get more run as the season progresses. My, I thought Chris Long in his debut as a Patriot played pretty well. I thought he brought some energy. I, I believe that it'll be better for him in the long run the more guys can be in that mix because I just think he could get too burnt out too early. But one thing the Patriots really love to do is use Donta Hightower and Jamie Collins in blitzing packages. They send them up the middle quite often. Uh, they'll often send Hightower and Jamie Collins you know, through the A-gaps on both sides of the center at the same time, usually several times a game. Last week we saw Hightower coming off the left tackle almost – Almost every snap, uh, you know, besides the ones he did sit out for a brief series because he got rolled up on. But Hightower is a very good edge player. He was probably their best pass rusher last week. Collins is one of those people who, in a game like Arizona, where you're really prioritizing that deep passing attack, he's kind of taken out of the equation a little bit. But if you're trying to work the intermediate routes or side-to-side game, that's where you're going to see a player with Jimmy Collins' skill set really floors because he's able to move so well lateral sideline to sideline he's one of the best athletes on the team no question about it so yes they are it is a concern in terms of a pure pass rushing statement but i do believe that they like to mix it up you'll see them drop you'll see them drop eight and bring only three and then the next play they'll let the they'll let the dogs go hunt so i don't think bill belichick is afraid to uh, let the defensive backs do a little more work because this is a defense now that the Patriots have really put a lot of assets into draft capital and things like that. This defense has high hopes to really being a top five unit. I thought they played okay last week, but really I thought they let go in the fourth quarter a little bit throughout the year. I think you'll see them you know, be better, but it'll be interesting this week to see if they can get pressure on Ryan Tannehill. I really admired uh, how the Patriots played defense last week. You know, it's it seems like every ball was contested. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, he's he's a player that that it's he, he's going to catch those contested passes, but they were never easy for for him in that. So looking at your secondary uh, on the on the outside, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, again the Patriots didn't spend hardly any resources having these two guys, former third-round pick, former undrafted free agent, are they living up to the hype so far this preseason and in the first game? Well, I thought Malcolm Butler played okay but wasn't great last week. Overall, I'm not worried about him, though. He's a scrappy guy. He's a competitor. I, I think that he's a short-term memory, and that's really important when, you have, when you're at the cornerback position because everyone's going to get beat at some point. Logan Ryan on the other side is interesting because he's someone who – you know, he'll get beat, but he'll be right in the mix. He, the one thing he has consistently proven since being here is that he will go up and get the football. He's a tremendous, has tremendous interception numbers. It's something that's probably going to get him a huge contract by somebody in the offseason. I don't expect him to return because when you're in this market, in this day and age in the NFL, if you're a young cornerback in his prime with you know, a Super Bowl ring and a lot of interception numbers, someone's probably throwing you a $10 million a year annual just, just with how the league is set up right now. Uh, you know, he is someone who uh, I, I feel the team you know, really enjoys having around. Cyrus Jones was, is a player who uh, they drafted highly out of uh, you know, Alabama this year. He's been very good in preseason. He was in the nickel a little bit in the dime. They have Justin Coleman. They're about as deep a cornerback as they have been in a while. I wouldn't say they're great, but they're a competitive group of young cornerbacks. And when you have a front seven 
that is diverse and dynamic as a group they have, it's, it gives them a little bit more firepower. Uh, they also have two very good safeties. So it, I, I think for this, as far as this group goes, yeah, they've looked up to expectations so far, but I think they have room to grow as a unit. I do believe that, that they will get better as the year goes on. Derek Havens joining us on the fence side. Derek, what is one matchup that you think really favors the Patriots heading into this game? Well, I would say what really favors the Patriots, I'd probably say Ryan Tannehill versus the secondary. Uh, I just think if you look at I, – I look at Tannehill as a player with a lot of talent, but I look at him as a player who I feel like should be better than what he is at this point. Now, I do believe Adam Gates is a good coach. I like the offensive system. I think Jarvis Landry is going to have a phenomenal year. And that will be a player that I think the Patriots need to focus on because, you know, Raiders is a guy who's been targeted at least 10 times in the last three times the Patriots have played them. They want to get him the ball. I think he moves the chains well. Tannehill, on the other hand, he plays Gillette four times. He's thrown three touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's turned the ball over, I think, a little bit too much. I think they're going to want to try to make him uncomfortable. I think they'll be mixing and matching coverages. I trust this defense. For what I've seen for several years, and including what I believe they are going to be this year, I think they're going to force him into feeling uncomfortable and making some mistakes. And that will be the match I feel actually most comfortable about, uh, you know, getting into this contest. What's the one match, Joe, that you're, you think favors the Dolphins the most? Oh, well, you mentioned it's that defensive line versus the Patriots offensive line. The Patriots offensive line and running back situation are two of the more questionable things for this team. It's really the two, the biggest question marks as the season is going to go along. The running back won a little less though than the offensive line because I think you, they can get around it with the kind of talent they have elsewhere. The offensive line is going to be make or break. And we saw what the Dolphins did to the Seattle offensive line last week. Now, I don't think Seattle's offensive line is very good, but I, I do know that the Patriots' offensive line is worse than Seattle. And this was it, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough spot for the Dolphins because they have to go on the road, back-to-back games across the country, but at the same time, you're talking about a couple of very athletic, powerful, violent rushers who I know are going to bring it every single play. And that, that certainly is going to favor the Dolphins. If this game is going to go Miami's way, it's going to start at that, at that battle right there. Derek Havens joining us on the Fin side. You can follow him on Twitter at Patriots Haven. And uh, you can go to his website at patsfans.com. And also, he has a podcast of his own, the 4th and 2 podcast. Hopefully, one of these times, Paul and I will be able to jump on that as well to reverse roles in this situation. Uh, Derek, what is your final prediction for this game? Guys, honestly, I think it's going to be an interesting game. These divisional games are always back and forth. I do feel better because the Patriots are at home right now. I do think it's a tough spot for the Dolphins, like I said, going across the country back and forth. I, I believe that this game will probably be about 23 to 16 Patriots. If the Dolphins are able to get a lot of pressure and win that uh, you know, offensive uh, line, defensive line battle, like we're thinking they could be an issue, if the Dolphins control that, that line of scrimmage, it certainly is going to be a little bit more interesting. It's also going to depend on if Tannehill doesn't throw any turnovers. I think it will ultimately start close. The Patriots could pull away. Maybe the Dolphins make a late push at the end. But I think the Patriots will focus on taking away Jarvis, Jarvis Landry, making Tannehill uncomfortable, and bringing in extra blockers to make sure that Jimmy Garoppolo has time to spread that secondary and shred him apart. And that's what we'll see what will happen. I bet that's where I'm at right now, 23-16 Patriots. Very possible. And looking at the Patriots' roster, it would be so fitting if now Tom Brady's approaching 40 years old, 
Jimmy Garoppolo just slides right in there and Bill Belichick lives forever. That's going to be the, the life of the Miami Dolphins fans, uh, <laughs> having to continue to endure Bill Belichick for the next 20 years with the stud quarterback, Garoppolo. I think he has all share, and obviously he has the coaching as well. Derek, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, good. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, I was just going to say the one thing that will be really interesting with Garoppolo will be to see how he handles this next game because we really didn't know what it would be like the first game. He's entering his first start as an NFL quarterback on the road, tough opponent, tough defense, et cetera, et cetera. Now he has won his first game. You could see it after the game. Clearly, a load was off his shoulders, and you know he looked very happy, as he should. Anyway, he should be excited. He, he played, had a very good game. Now he has higher expectations, and I want to see, did he put the time in this week? Was he, did he hang his hat up on that first game, or did he go back to work at the next morning just as early because he knows he needs to up the bar a little bit? That will be one of the more telling things. I'm curious to see how he looks the second week, and now the Dolphins have a little more film on him. You know, both teams will be making adjustments, I'm sure, you know, periodically but and throughout the week but i would say for garoppolo it's going to be interesting week to week to week to see how he handles his preparation how he handles the pressure and if they keep winning the expectations will rise as well that's a great observation there because i i always tell people that well, i think a lot of people think with young quarterbacks well the more they're in the league the more experience that they get the better they're going to be i think a lot of times it tends to be the opposite. The more you're in the league, the more film people have on you and they can, they know how to defend you. You take a look at, you know, like, like Vince Young and RG three and Tim Tebow who had varying degrees of success when they came in. But ultimately, unless you can throw the ball at an elite level inside the pocket, the league will figure you out. I believe strongly in that. So, Derek, uh, thanks again for joining us here tonight, and uh, please let us know how we can return the favor. And uh, if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side, side or the right, right side, side, and it must be the fifth left. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again We rep our team, you can't change, stop, or ruin it All we need is to figure what to do to win Fans radio, live and direct Win or lose, we showing up for every contest No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar Rockin' Apple Orange over here, then you familiar through our speakers to fulfill the crap we have to hear about our team and all the latest news. Vets, the rookies trying to make the team paying dues. Current players and alumni interviews. City to city, state to state, follow the moves. Call the hotline, Dolphins talk, set to go. Best sports team and show all across the globe. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.